you look at, if you think about moments and stand, stand out of the panic and say, how can this moment, how can I see where there's opportunities going in this moment? If you believe we can change the narrative, if you believe we can change our communities, if you believe we can change the outcomes, then we can change the world. I'm Rob Richardson. Welcome to Disruption Now. All right, welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host, Rob Richardson. I'm Tunde Ogunlana. And we are both at our home office where you should be. And uh, we, we're, so with Disruption Now, we're going we're gonna to have a lot of focus with, uh, with the uh, coronavirus because we want to make sure you're up to date uh, amidst this disruption and how you can actually capitalize on it for yourself to make sure that you don't, you don't panic, but you plan. It looks like the world's falling apart. Stock market, the stock market is going all over the place. Uh, what we what we want to do in, in in these weekly sessions is really give you a sense of where you can go, uh, where the opportunities are, and uh, you know how you might be able to help plan for your for you and your family. So, uh, Tunde, what 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 trends do you see in this in this environment? By the way, for you know a lot of our listeners, you know Tunde is a co-host of Disruption Now. He's often we often call him the professor. What he does in his uh, full-time job that actually pays him is he advises families on uh, maintaining and gaining wealth. So he knows this area well, and in the midst of all this craziness, it's good to talk to an expert. And we get somebody that's a co-host of ours to actually uh, give us some advice. So you're looking at all of this, uh, Tune Day. You're seeing what's going on. The market seems all over the place. General advice on somebody you know, like myself who has uh, – money invested in the market for a long period was uh, I've been on a pretty aggressive strategy because I'm relatively young, but people have their money in the market and they might be freaking out. I am a little concerned. Uh, what do you tell those people now? No, thanks Rob. It's great to be on the show now, not, not as a host, but as actually a kind of quasi guest here. So I'm, I'm honored. Thank you, sir. Um, no, it's, it's a good question, Rob. I think, I, I've, I've come up with this analogy that we should look at the financial moment now, just like we're looking at the, unfortunately, the health moment of the virus, which is there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of good information, but there's also a lot of kind of misinformation that's floating around. And I think the toughest thing for all of us right now is just sifting through this, this kind of mass fire hose of information, you know, that expression, drinking from the fire hose. Uh, and just like the health side of it, you know, the virus affects different people differently. I think we're all um, aware of that at this point, right? Not everyone dies, not everyone ends up in ICU, but unfortunately some people do die from complications of this and some people do get very sick. And I think with the financial markets, it's very similar where there's a lot of advice that we're seeing on all the big you know, cable shows and the financial news shows and the financial um, you know, articles that everyone's got their own opinion, that they're talking to their friends and then every financial advisor or big firm has a different opinion as to what's going on. And so I think just like with the health side of things, that there's a lot of opinions, a lot of information, you know, we don't know what about this virus might affect us as individuals. And I think that's the key analogy that I feel with the financial world right now is there's a lot of advice, a lot of ideas. Is there an opportunity now? Should we buy now? Should we wait? Blah, blah, blah. But I think this is a time that I'm reminded that each of our own financial stories right. is very unique. And it's, it's kind of dangerous, I think, right now, just like it is with the health side, to kind of either follow the crowd or just kind of listen to, to just one or two things and then just act sure. on it immediately without 
doing any additional background. And I think the same thing with finance now, like, should you be buying now or not? I've been getting these questions for the last couple of weeks. And, and I've reminded a lot of our clients that, you know, why don't we use this time to just reset? What are your goals? What strategy we want to have going forward coming out of this? Maybe what damage has already occurred? Well, let's say my goals. Let's, let's say my goals at- are this. So you, what, what damage has already occurred? Get to that. And I want to get to this part of the question about a person, let's say like myself, because that's all I can. And I think a lot of our listeners are probably in that position where they've probably been investing some in the 401, in their 401k. And their 401k doesn't look as good as it did a month ago. And they're like, oh my God, what do I do now? Are we going into a great depression? And by the way, full disclosure, right? We can't give official stock advice. This is all purely, you got to go get out, seek your own stock advice. We're giving you pure information. This is informational only. This is not pure uh, to rely on this advice to make, go out and make an investment. Now, uh, as your uh, quasi lawyer right now, I'll do that for you. Go ahead. Jimmy. I was going to say, thank you, sir. This is why I appreciate you having a background in securities law. <laughs> so, so you're very right. Uh, this is not a, I'm not getting financial advice to individuals here, but I might, I would say my experience in dealing with the phone calls I've been getting from existing clients, from friends, uh, from people that I just know through my network. Um, that's where I would say, you know, your, your question is very good. Like kind of, what do I do with my retirement plan? And I think, again, it goes back to where are you individually? So, Rob, I know you personally, so I know individually is you're, you're, you're in your early 40s. Um, your 401k can't be accessed without penalty under current law um, prior to age 59 and a half. Let's call it age 60 just for argument's sake. So you've got about 20 years until you as an individual can even access this money. And then even though people um, do access 401k money at different times of life for various reasons, what I found is the majority of people don't immediately go and raid their 401k at 60 because of the negative tax nature of withdrawals. So most people roll it into an IRA at some point when they retire and they still keep it going until they're forced to take distributions um, after age. Now it's age 72 with the recent uh, law changes. So there's a high probability that you may not really decide to access your 401k, meaning you as Rob Richardson, the individual for another potentially 30 years. Um, and so someone like yourself, I would say this could be a nice buying opportunity long-term, even though my personal opinion is we could see the market go a little lower from where it's at today on March. So if I, so if, so if I get your just general sense, it's like, yes, keep in the market, but maybe look towards being uh, a little more uh, conservative in the short term. And then, the, and then maybe in the long term, look to, come back in the market, but it's kind of hard. It's impossible to time the market, I guess. So well, that's why I think, again, it's so individual. So someone like yourself with, with the length of time that you had, I mean, think about, let's, let's play this game and go in reverse. 20 years ago was the year 2000. Think about all the positives and negatives globally and domestically that we've had, right? 9-11 hadn't happened yet. We hadn't gotten into wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. We've had several presidents. We had the financial crisis. All of that stuff has happened yet. The, even with this crash right now, the Dow Jones is higher than it was in 2000. Um, and a month ago or a month and a half ago before the crash, it was about three and a half times higher than it was. So my point is, is that there's good, at least historical evidence that 20 years in the future, we will, we will be, the market has a high probability of being higher than it is today. Obviously, I, I can't guarantee that. 
but looking back at history, that is, that is something that we can at least be confident in for someone your age. Now, the question would be if you were 65, still working, and you had a 401k, my advice might be drastically different. And that's why I'm saying that this is a very, this is a time that we need to remember that the advice that the TV is giving for everybody just may not be the right advice for you as an individual. So that's pretty much it though. I mean, in terms of, um, you know, someone like you in your individual um, situation. And what I would say too is these are the times, you know, to really assess your own appetite for risk. Because everybody who's trying to sell right now at the bottom, you know, should really reassess how much of their 401k or their retirement plan should be in the stock market. Because remember, there's a lot of options in many of these uh, employer plans for cash, money market, you know, more safer areas of the investment markets, but you still get the benefit of the tax deduction for the, um, the contribution, as well as kind of a forced savings for yourself for either, you know, down the road emergencies and retirement and things like that. So I would still recommend taking advantage of a lot of these employer plans, even if you're uncomfortable with the stock market specifically because you can still participate in the plan without being in the stock market depending on the funds that are offered. So any short-term opportunities, looking at this, so I, tell, I told people this morning in a, in a social media clip, uh, you know, in the midst of all of this, there's always opportunities. So you look at this and you'll see, um, you know, there's obviously gonna be a move to remote more and more. And this, this, this was already a trend happening. People are already starting to work from, you know, remotely from home. You, I work from home, you work from home. Many corporations care more about productivity of their workers than they do if their workers show up and, and are really at the ice cooler. And that's now, I think, gonna, that's just going to accelerate a, a, a already moving trend. So I know Zoom stock, for example, was up like, I don't know, like 20%. Zoom is the software that we're using. We're not advertising for Zoom. We just happen to know that that's a web, uh, web hosting conferencing that actually works well. And a lot of people are using it. So there might be future opportunities for that. Um, I. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a gym nut and I was, I saw this coming. I said, they're going to close gyms. Carlton, one of our co-hosts sometimes who does health and fitness is going crazy right now, but this is an obvious trend. I tell people, listen, look for opportunities, figure out how you can, uh, you know, we can tell our friend Carlton who's in the, who's in the health and welfare business is that like, listen, if you can't see your clients up close, host a digital uh, uh, a session with them about how they can get in shape. You know, figure out how you can use this moment and opportunity, see where the trends are going. I went and bought home off uh, home gym equipment, something I would have never done, at least not right now, something I was contemplating doing. But now not having access to a gym, I said, you know, I need to probably do this. Guess what? Almost all home gyms are sold out all across the country. So there's like, if you look at, if you think about moments and stand, stand out of the panic and say, how can this moment, how can I see where there's opportunities going in this moment, knowing that people are gonna move uh, more remotely now. Any thoughts about how this might change us? You know, you, um, the fact is, you know, people might look at uh, conference interactions differently, at least for the short term. Where do you see opportunities for entrepreneurs, for investors to at least dabble or kind of think about uh, as they kind of move forward here with the coronavirus and how yeah, that's, that's gonna impact us going forward? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And real quick, I want to apologize because um, there's some contractors doing work on my neighbor's fence. So there's a buzzsaw that might come it in happens. via Go the ahead. microphone. This is, this is the hazards of, of working from home during the, during the virus. We understand. But, the world um, understands. No, you got a contractor or exactly. kids that's yelling all over the place. Let the audience know <laughs> that that annoying sound is, is, is unstoppable right now. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's a great question, Rob, because those are questions I've been getting as well on the phone calls. And so I think you're right. There are some kind of trends that we can start to see that may be more longer term. And it's a great point you make about just us here. I mean, we've been using Zoom in what we've been doing as a team on our podcasts and the shows uh, for some time now. And um, as, as, as you've noted, I would say there's several kind of company stocks that I've watched move in a positive direction during this time. Um, so Zoom has been one for the obvious thing that I think you mentioned that uh, corporations now are being forced to to have employees work more remotely. It's funny that you reference both of us because you're right. I, I've spent more time as time gone on, has gone on working from home because it's just more convenient, easier. I get to see my wife and kid more, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we still have two office locations. So it, this moment has got me rethinking because I'm looking at my own team and, you know, we just hired two younger guys and you know, they're all very savvy and used to working like this anyway. So I'm kind of rethinking my own kind of situation. Like, do we need to be spending this kind of money on, yeah. on hard office space anymore? And so I'll say this, as I said, that it brought to mind that one of the potential long-term opportunities, but short-term it might have a lot of pain is the commercial, could be, let's say that, could be the commercial real estate market. I mean, if more corporations, because I've been talking to, so my, my accountant, um, is with one of the big national firms um, that, that has offices, thousands of employees around the country. We were talking yesterday and he was telling me, obviously they all are forced to work remotely and all that. And um, they, they are paying for the office spaces in the huge you know, downtown class A office buildings. Sure. And he's saying how this has been very productive. Everyone's been working around the country because he's at the level where he's dealing with some of the national partners. And they're all saying the same thing. Like they're surprised at how productive Everyone and they're looking at that, how much money they're spending, like, well, why are we spending all right. that? <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's what we talked about is, you know, are you going to keep spending $100,000 a month for, you know, a, a 4,000, 5,000 square foot office space in the downtown Chicago or, or New York or D.C. when maybe you can really shrink that just to a little satellite location just for mail and maybe phone answering folks and the majority of your, your staff is, is working from home or a more remote location. So... Those are, those are, that's one sector that I could see getting shaken up from this. I don't want to necessarily use the word hurt because, um, you know, this stimulus package may, because it's not complete yet as we speak, but it may involve right, a lot right. of Right, and I actually want to, I want to speak to that, so don't go state. too much into that. Yeah, so, so that's why I want to not give too many predictions here, but for opportunities now, going back to where we started this is, so the stocks I mentioned and companies, not to give advice, but just to say what I've been seeing, um, uh, Zoom which I think the, the price earning ratio is through the roof. I would say it's not a value stock right now, not affordable, but you know, the trend has been up during this, this downturn for, for what we're talking about because of what we're talking about. Uh, Peloton, yeah. to the point you just made, um, I think that because it makes sense, most people that are members of gyms are middle class, upper middle class or higher. Unfortunately, people on welfare and, and all that don't seem to you know, go to gyms because obviously it's an additional cost. So those are people that at least at the moment before this whole thing started, right, had enough means to go out like you did and 
buy the gym equipment, all that. And then obviously something like Peloton, which mixes the gym with the internet, with the interactive nature of it, um, makes sense if you know you're going to be stuck at home and not go to a gym. And because that's a membership and almost like a streaming service, but for exercise, I think they will benefit greatly over time because this is a, an unexpected way that they're going to capture a, a larger market share. And they also don't have any really viable competitors out yet that have the brand name. Um, so I think just like Zoom, I mean, there's GoToMeeting and Skype and FaceTime and all that, but somehow Zoom has now captured a lot of the attention. And I think they'll benefit from that as well. I also saw companies that are involved in healthcare, and that I think sense. that's where you got to be very careful. Um, I think the health insurers, um, and I'm not going to start naming names to, 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 to put anybody down, but I think they might, depending on how this all plays out, again, it's very early, they might suffer depending on if people stop paying premiums and all that, and sure. they're still on the hook for paying for certain medical services based on contracts. So there's a lot of risk there. Um, I think that uh, companies like Walgreens, for example, or CVS, I've seen them actually weather this storm in the stock market sell off because I think the assumption is that no matter what happens, all of us need to go get medicine right. and just are going to go to stores to get stuff. And, um, and kind of like you saw some of the brands that make the hand sanitizers increase over this time or, or the, the pharmaceutical stocks that people think may have the vaccines and the ability to, to help um, kind of cure the world of this whole pandemic. So there, there are some opportunities that we're seeing, but I would say this and say it very carefully, Rob, and to the audience, is, is, it's March 25th today as we're recording. I think we're right in the middle of the tornado or the hurricane. I think in two to three weeks, we might have a lot more clarity as to what things look like. But right now, we have no stimulus package that's been approved by the government as we're speaking. Also, we're having mixed messages from everybody. I don't even want to pick on one person or one group, meaning you're hearing some kind of authorities, people of authority saying that we should really lock down. Um, we're hearing that I think uh, just in the last 48 hours, I've heard that the Princess cruise ship that... Uh, I guess was, was one of those that was being quarantined offshore. They just went back in after 17 days and there's evidence the virus was still on surfaces. Which is so, crazy. And now we're having, as of today on the 25th, being told by others in positions of authority that they want to reopen everything by Easter, which I think is 18 days from now. So I just feel like there's a lot of murkiness right now. And in a couple of weeks as we get closer and more stats come out and all that, we'll have a lot more clarity because I think that if we reopen that soon, there can be pros and cons from that, that we may have a different discussion about opportunities. If we close down and are shut down for six, eight, 12 weeks, there's going to be other ramifications, pros right. and cons that we can discuss. And if we, if we open so, up and have to shut down even more, that's probably, that's right. probably that's the worst kind of my point. We're, we're so early in this. And that's why I want to really warn the audience that, I mean, I've been warning clients a lot, like, well, let's not jump in right now. I mean, there's a lot of murkiness. Don't jump in. What about jump out? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's just a lot of murkiness. But you would want to wait kind of steady state, depending on, obviously, if you're, if, you're, if you're 65 or something and you're about to retire, different. But if you have a long Yeah, well, that's where, and, and that's a good question, Rob, because I've been talking to the clients we have in that age range, you know, those that are within the retirement range of two to three years versus those that are already retired much differently than what I said, we're, we're talking to people our age uh, in that way. You know, obviously the people our age, I'm, I'm more giving that advice that look, just like the, the financial crisis 12 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, that's up. a good point, a reference point. I mean, the financial crisis 12 years ago, Tunde, uh, it was yep. 
it was very, very, very bad. And people thought like at that time, the whole financial system and markets might end, if you remember correctly. And, and right. people made a ton of money from 2010 till to this point. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's, that's where I feel, um, you know, myself as an advisor, much more mature in this environment because uh, 12 years ago, I was younger. I'm 42 now, I was 30 years old. And even though I've been in this industry 19 years, you know, that was the first time as a young advisor that I had experienced a real crash in the market, the economy. And I also, you know, I started to make some money and had some money and lost it, you know, and I had multiple properties. I went through the short sale experience and I feel like that all made me a better advisor because I was able to experience some real pain and also come out of it. And so my advice looking back now is, I also believed that the world was gonna end back in 2008 from a financial standpoint. And I got caught up into that hype of the media and trying to predict things. And with this volatility of the markets, trying to play it day by day. And I was buying short ETFs sometimes and going longer. And in the end of the day, I lost a bunch of my own money. Um, and I kind of learned that, you know, being calm in these moments and just kind of really trying to see things from 30,000 feet um, I really would implore the audience to try and turn off the kind of noise of the political opinions and all that. I've heard so many things, you know, back when Bernie Sanders was in the more look in the primary, you know, before this all started, I was hearing reasons from people that if you want a primary loss, that's why the market performed a certain way the next day. I've heard stuff about, you know, secret government entities that have all this money that buy and sell and make the market. I'm just asking people, that stuff is a recipe for you just not participating in the market. And to lose opportunity and, and, and drive yourself insane. Uh, correct. I mean, you can listen to all that, but probably then just don't be in the market because you're not going to perform yeah. um, well. Um, where can they get tuned in then, as, you, as you finish that point? Yeah. But I also want to give people a sense of if they want to get some good advice about how to go forward, where can they go? I mean, obviously, they can go to your website, tell people about that. But where else can people go to get good information on this moment and really what to do with their income and funds right now? No, that's a great question. And I want to come back to that point a bit about the older generation sure. now. But, but to answer the question directly now, I mean, obviously, people can go to our website. But I no, do the website. It. What's the website? This is a plug. Um, uh, it's Axial, A-X-I-A-L, familyadvisors.com. A-X-I-A-L, familyadvisors. And we'll put that in the link for people to go so they can, uh, they can go get information. And I appreciate too. that, Rob. But, um, but we're obviously, my website is my website, so you're not going to get a ton of this relevant right now information, but we do have good information on there. Um, but the relevant stuff for literally right now, because I mean, this stuff is changing faster than our web team can update my website. <laughs> so I would say- so what we um, may do, we discussed this, we we're going we're gonna to look at yeah. doing some live sessions and maybe have some disruption now. Users, they got some questions, they can come in and ask on Zoom to you, so there you go. Yeah, no, I'd be happy to, and, and I'd be happy to offer that to folks. Because um, to me, this time is about just peace of mind. This too shall pass at some point, but uh, it's just obviously unknowable how we're gonna get through this in the, in the interim. And, um, but to answer the question, um, I would say this. I mean, honestly, a lot of the government sites are great. Whatever you think about the politicians in there, um, you got a lot of data and facts, so I would say obviously the CDC website if you want to you know more about the virus and because that's going to affect economies, the information about the, the virus and, and what everybody's doing and how it's spreading and all that. Um, I would say treasury.gov is great, Federal Reserve website because again, it, it helps you if, if you just go there and look at what they're saying, it kind of helps frame then maybe if you go watch CNBC 
or some of these financial shows, you have a better idea and you can learn the mechanics of what they're talking about instead of just always these sound bites. Um, and then I would say, you know, I don't want to be biased for or against any media publication because there's a lot of great stuff out there. Um, I'm one human being, so I can't read everything. But what but do you use? Like, like the Bloomberg, but I was just going to get to that. Just Bloomberg.com, uh, for example. They're a great site. I, again, I like to get to the sites that don't have too much opinion because opinion's opinion. Um, and opinions are important because they do help you frame ideas and all that. But I would more look for opinions from financial sources more so than those that normally um, uh, occupy the political opinion space. Yeah, so don't, so don't, so, so don't to listen to talking heads. Yeah, and just and now are, 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 are all of a sudden financial experts. I mean, I just, you know, that's, this is very complex stuff of why this is happening. And, um, you know, there's a lot of economists that have good websites. I mean, you know, someone like John Malden, for example, M-A-U-L-D-I-N. Uh, and we'll put like all that in the link to send it to me later. We'll yeah, put all that balance. And, and what I like about someone like his site, and I'm, I'm not connected to them at all. Um, I just am I'm genuinely a fan is um, he also has a lot of different writers that also have their own opinions. So it's an example of one site where you can get a lot of good quality opinions, but they're all economists, traders, they're all people that really know this stuff and, and, that, and, that, and that live it and are in the trenches. So that's a couple of ideas there. And then just to finish off that point, because I want to talk to the older crowd. Um, that, I don't mean to offend by that comment. We'll call them seasoned. Season um, because I know we were talking about yeah, season crowd. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for, brother. <laughs> the, Go ahead. Uh, the, uh, um, the thing is, is that, um, is, is that I know we focused on the conversation for the younger folks and the 401ks. Again, I think that for someone over 60, that's really in that, whether you're already retired or you're thinking about retiring soon, and now this has disrupted maybe your plans or you're scared. Um, I think this is the time to really take an assessment and look at everything. I mean, we have clients that are, obviously above 60, and I'm talking to them now about their real estate holdings, how to take advantage maybe of refinances if rates go down from here. And I know they spiked a bit in the last couple of weeks on the mortgage side, but we may see them fall. Um, we're talking about people's art collections, things like that, and I know not everybody has all that going on, but what I'm saying is if you have a shortened time horizon and you've lost a lot of money already in the stock market, I, I, I don't have one piece of blanket advice for anybody because it's very like specific to your situation. But I do think this would be the time for you to take sitting down and looking at your situation very seriously. I think much more so than someone our age. I think we'll, you know, in two to three years, things will probably start healing up and all that, even though I think it'll be a few months for us to figure out either the pathogen is going to run through the country or we're going to lock things down or we'll be in this halfway mode. But We'll know in the next few months how all that plays out, but I think the economic fallout, however we go from here, might take a few years to shake out. You and I, Rob, will survive that, and we'll figure it out, and our portfolios will recover and all that. But our parents, or, or God forbid, grandparents, you know, they, they just don't have the same level of time, or maybe the, the emotional stomach to ride a roller coaster like this. I think that's an important point, no, too, yeah. is, is psychology is about all this. And some people... They're better just getting out and it's emotionally more stable for them not to see their money bouncing around. Other people can handle it. So that's why I feel like it's a very, this, this for, that, for that generation and that crowd, I feel like this should be a wake up moment to say, how am I assessing risk in my life for my finances going forward? 
Yeah. And, and that's it. I mean, I think that I don't want to give blanket advice to, to, to that crowd at all. Well, you know, as we conclude here, just it's about planning, not panicking. Uh, in the midst of a lot of chaos, many businesses were created. Uh, you know, the last, the last recession, there were like 10 or 20 new businesses that are now yeah. uh, booming. Slack, something we use now, was created during 2010, the last recession. I mean, there's, a, there's opportunities to innovate. People are obviously going to be more remote now. That was already going to happen. It's probably just accelerated that trend. So uh, I tell people we have a lot of entrepreneurs, particularly black entrepreneurs that listen to this show. Look for opportunities to innovate. We need you. Uh, and there is opportunity in this moment in the midst of chaos. Don't panic. Plan. Move forward. Be persistent. But until next time, next week we're actually going to go over the stimulus package uh, because we don't know, as Tunde said, we don't know what the well, what it's actually going to be. The vote is supposed to be today. So we're going to go over that next week, and we're going to also go over any other opportunities we see in the moment in the markets. Uh, but until next time, I'm Rob Richardson. I'm Tunde Golana. Thanks, Rob. All right, man. See you next time.